Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by Jeff Benjamin, founder and CEO of Facilitron. Jeff has an impressive background that starts at the University of Oregon, where he graduated with a BS in economics and journalism and two MBAs in business and sports marketing. Before Jeff started Facilitron, he served as VP at multiple well-known companies, one of them being Print Room. Three kids later, Jeff was surrounded by chaotic school schedules and after-school activities. That chaos inspired him to build Facilitron to help schools better manage their facilities and operations. Facilitron helps schools school districts, campuses, and municipalities generate and connect data, facilities and communities, and powerful new ways to improve efficiency. Facilitron was ranked number 423 on the annual Inc. 5000 list and also had a three-year growth rate of over 1,000%. We are pumped to host Jeff on the podcast, so let's jump right in. Jeff, thank you for being here today, buddy. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Well, I'm curious. I know we mentioned just a little bit in the background uh, hopefully we got it right around why or you know where this idea came from. But can you elaborate a little bit for us? What were the series of events that led you to start this company? Sure, there were there were a couple of things, and and I think probably the the first one is that I'd always wanted to do my own thing. So we we're constantly looking for you know a gap, an idea, and at the time, three kids, very busy. Uh, my oldest son was about 11 at the time, uh, playing a lot of baseball, playing, you know, all just maybe the traditional sports. And so the, oftentimes we were showing up at, you know, ball fields when maybe another team would show up and say, no, this is our time. And we'd find this conflict and we, there was no master schedule. And maybe even more importantly, there was a certain evening where we were I was driving the kids to a basketball practice. And because the gym was a little bit further away, we did a big carpool and it's my night to drive carpool. And so we get to the gym and it's locked and it's dark. And so I make phone calls, no one can help me. And uh, quite honestly, I go back to the rendezvous point, which was a Ace Hardware parking lot, but I'm about an hour and 10 minutes early because we didn't have practice. So I've got to wait for you know all the parents to come pick up the kids and, you know, a bunch of 11-year-old boys crammed in your car. Um, <laughs> and quite honestly, I was probably most frustrated with whether I was going to get credit for the carpool because practice didn't happen, right? So I'm sitting there <laughs> wasting my time. And I just started to think. And uh, my wife happens to be a school teacher. So I had access to um, school district employees. And I just started asking questions. Why is it so challenging for people to get, you know, to open the gym at the right time. And I got more answers to that than I ever could have imagined. But most importantly, um, it's a burden on the school district. And but yet they are mandated either by law or local board policy uh, to make that space available to the public when it's not being used. So I, I went back with a couple of my um, my co-founders now, but, you know, they were my, my colleagues at another company. And I started explaining to them what I found out. And my one co-founder said, yes, 
you know, my daughter does dancing and we have to camp out at the theater a year in advance to get our reservation in. It's like we open this one day and everyone puts in their requests. And then three months later, we find out if we got it or not, which wow. is very challenging because in the meantime, you know, do you have the time? So long story short, we started looking and found out that the process was just very archaic. A lot of times pen and paper or a, we'll call it a legacy software solution that, that doesn't really work and never was focused on the community user or the renter. And so the idea was let's build the Airbnb for community spaces. And um, because we had access to some school district personnel, we again got the laundry list of all of their pain points um, and you know how much time it took and not being able to see what's happening at their individual schools from an internal schedule perspective, right? Because if we know what's happening internally, then we know when something could possibly be available for additional people. And um, you know, we we're really fortunate just to to walk into a situation that says we're going to develop software, but we want to know what you need. And we had just a lot of uh, prospective partners at the time guide us. Um, and you know, we've been off to the races ever since. Um, meaning, we just continue to build, and now our platform handles so much more. So we are, we're generating data, as you mentioned, of how the facility is being used, whether that means energy savings, equitable use, making sure that the girls get the same rights as the boys and, and you know, just all of these things that have been in place, but there's been no way or no transparent way to measure and um, show how all of those, you know, facilities and school buildings and, you know, which are very important, you know, as taxpayers, you know, we fund all of these big facilities and to ensure that they're being managed and used uh, in the most efficient and best way possible. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so here's where my curiosity is. You said early on that you were already looking to to do something on your own. So you're kind mm -hmm. of in that phase of what is the business going to be? What problem am I solving? You come across this. You see that it's an obvious need, one connected to a pain that you felt personally. Sounds like it's a big enough problem that might need to be solved. So it's a, it's a good business idea. But what tipped you over, kind of tipped you over the top of saying like, this is the business for me. I'll give you an example. I was watching TikTok the other day. My wife got me onto that. And I see this guy has created this, this service that comes around and picks up your garbage cans and cleans them out. And I remember thinking like, that's actually pretty brilliant because my, especially when I have young kids, the amount of waste that was often left in the bottom of that trash can is gross. Right. And I remember thinking like, do I want to run that business? I don't think I want to run that business. Right. So, so there's a difference in like saying this could be a business and this is the one that I want to actually go all in on. What helped you make that decision? Okay. Yeah. So funny story. Um, we got a lot of information from our different school districts in the area and um, we felt like we needed to broaden, um, you know, the reach. Right. And so I called um, one of the local colleges and uh basically you know the admin i said what we were doing and i wanted to book a meeting and they said yes and so i said oh geez um and I, you know I, I i couldn't give them they said okay well, who should we send the calendar invite to and so i put them on hold and i was yelling at my co-founder saying i need to get an email address you need to get an email address 
So he's on GoDaddy looking for names. <laughs> and he's like, Facilitron, do you like that? I'm like, just get me an email address, right? So, so we get, we just chose Facilitron. Uh, so I have Jeff at Facilitron and uh, we get the meeting and we go and we had some mock-ups and we explain, you know, to this uh, director of facilities at a college, what we are doing. And he leans back and said, he's like, I almost fell off my chair. How do you know this is exactly what we need? Come on. And so it was just a huge validation point. And he just starts going into all of these different use cases where his grounds crew has to go, you know, look online into, you know, the different athletic program websites to know when there's a game so that they could go chalk a field. Right. And just, just the gaps in kind of communication and, and again, transparency of, of schedules was that that was kind of the the big aha moment. And then um, we had another meeting with a, a very, very prominent university and uh, it's actually Stanford. And, you know, they basically, you know, and this is where you know, Google and, you know, all of the big tech companies are, you know, come from the students there, right? They go on with these massive careers. And here we are talking to them about our platform and they're just telling us, you know, reason after reason why they needed it. And so wow. uh, that was, a, you know, it was validation from there. We decided, hey, we have to, you know, we have to go forward. So how, how fast were you able to get kind of an MVP up and going to, for these kinds of people great question uh, that was the that was the big challenge sure was uh, we didn't it took us a long time because we couldn't build like an mvp we had to build a robust platform what the problem was we had different districts actually telling us opposite things so we had to build something that was so flexible that we could accommodate this district as well as accommodate this district even though they're operating in in almost you know 100 in complete opposite so um so it took us it took us uh, about a year 15 months to build uh build the, the platform and then we had um our first transaction happened about 16 months after so uh wow. And, and that was huge validation as well. And I actually, I'll, I'll digress and I have a funny story about that. So we, we have a group that comes in, a local football group and uh, youth football and they book the fields. And, you know, at this point it's, it's hyper care because we want to make sure everything's buttoned up and assure everyone that this is this is the right way to do things and at the 11th hour you know the the night before the the use of the facility the first time it's ever happened on our you know through our platform um the renter calls our support line and says oh i just want to make sure we're getting the uh the yardage markers and uh you know the pylons Oh, was no problem. Of course. Right. And we call the school and they say, absolutely not. We would never do that. <laughs> and so I, we're like scrambling. We have to, you know, preserve our first reservation. And um, we, you know, we're 
so I, we just start calling. I'm like, oh, we'll call every major sporting goods store. We'll come to find out those things aren't off the shelf, right? You have to order them and, and we're doing all sorts of different searches. And literally right when we're about to give up, I refresh my screen on, it's, you know, I've got Craigslist up and a new post comes up literally two miles down the road from where we're yeah. at. They were just, they just disbanded their football program and they're selling all of their equipment. So went out and we, you know, bought it, you know, for a couple hundred bucks and we still have the yardage markers here today. What in the world are the odds of that? That's why. Uh, yeah. It, 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 so, so those were all <laughs> proof points that when you look back, you're like, that happened for a reason, right? So, you know, um, that's, yeah. Yeah. How, what do you, what do you make of those serendipitous moments? Is it when preparation meets opportunity? Is it something more divine going on? Like what, what, how do you, how do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, I think of it in a lot of different ways, right? With the, your, your previous question was how long did it take for us to get there? And had I known it was going to take that long, I don't know if I would have done it. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I thought uh, there's some naivety like, Oh no, we'll have, we'll have a product, uh, you know, much sooner that I'll be able to show you. And, you know, then it becomes a song and dance. We're almost ready to show you. And looking back at the engineering team, you know, <laughs> um, but so, so I look at that as, you know, it was all meant to be like, it's, it's, you know, and again, we, we learned, uh, we've had plenty of mistakes, uh, but we learned from our mistakes and, and then we turn those into, you know, positive attributes in the future. Yeah. So during those 15 months that you're building the platform, are you, have you already exited your previous job and you're all in pre-revenue on this kind of thing? Yes. How, yes. how did you, how did you survive that, that, that 15 months? That's what I'm saying. It wasn't, I mean, we did everything. We sold, uh, we sold cars, houses. I mean, you know, and it was, but every day you just believe more because, you know, it's again, all of this validation, we need this, we need, when are you going to have it for us? And, um, and we continue to do that today. Like, how can we make this better? We're not done building, right? We want to give our partners and, and really they're not, we don't even call them our customers. They're our partners because that's how we treat the situation. We want to make your life easier. How can we enhance this more and more? But yeah, it was, trust me, there's, there's some scars, uh, <laughs> making it for that long. But again, that goes, I go back to being naive. I, if I had known it was going to be 15 months and, you know, doing the math, um, yeah, it would have been a little, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have come up with the same answer. So I'm glad I was, I was naive. <laughs> Isn't that so funny though, man? Like, yeah, if someone had told you, you've got 12 more months of this and you're three months in, you might quit right there. But if you keep thinking next month, next month, next month, some, we have an ability to keep going one more mile, yeah. one more mile. Right. And uh, a client of mine and a friend of mine, actually he's been on this podcast, Todd Ehrlich. Uh, he was a former Navy SEAL and he was talking about how that's actually one of the keys to getting through buds is the guys that focused on the week always quit. But the guys that focused on, I just got to get to lunch usually were the ones that made it. And then they got to lunch. They're like, I just got to get to dinner. Cause he said, the one thing they promise is we'll feed you three times. And so, <laughs> so he's like, Hey, I know there's lunch coming. I know if I can just make it to lunch, I get some food and I can catch my breath. And it feels that way in business. Like if you can just, you know, this one guy said, if your goal is to keep the lights on one more day, if yep. as long as you keep the lights on one more day, you keep giving your business a chance to succeed. But I found personally that hope deferred 
started to be be hard, especially even with like my wife, right? Where mm-hmm. you're you're having to keep having the conversation. Like I know it's tough, but I think next month's the month, right? Like how did you <laughs> how did you navigate that? Uh, yeah, a lot of conversations for sure, right? <laughs> and um, you know, but but I think again, it's that other feedback, not just me saying it, but other people. Oh, go, oh, that's a great idea, right? And she hears about that, and um, other you know, school administrators and, you know, if she can see the success that is coming. Right. And, you know, I've been, I've been told that, uh, you know, a couple well, more than a couple of times that, you know, whether it's a prospective investor or someone that they say, I think you think you're a little further along than you are. And maybe, but, but that might be part of it. Right. I think we're further, I think we're bigger and better than where we, maybe really are today, but it's because I know what's coming from new partnerships to new development to coming out of a pandemic, right? I mean, all yeah. of those things, um, you know, I, I know, but I'll, I'll say, I mean, if we go to the pandemic, you know, looking back, you know, uh, I don't know if we handled it correctly because we, I was naive to that. I. I can't believe this is going to last a year. No way. Right. You know, and right. so, um, you know, sure enough, it, it has. Um, but, it, but at the same, and, and we've been fortunate because we've been able to grow a whole lot in terms of new partners uh, coming onto the platform. Had we done something different uh, with a skeleton team, we might not have grown. Right. And now getting through all of that, it, there were some, you know, again, some tough decisions that, that we've had to make, but um, I think that in the end, it will be for the better. Although I, I might play it a little bit differently, you know, knowing all of the facts now, uh, but prior to, yeah, yeah. And that's, but that's it. You know, it's, it's belief that this really isn't going to last forever. Right. So let's just get exactly to your, let's, let's get through this week and we'll reevaluate. Right. And see what's changing. And, you know, as you, as we all know, the the news, you know, was like this. So it's changing for the positive. Oh no, it's getting worse. You know, and there's blip over here for good. And um, so, yeah, man, that was one. So right at the beginning of the pandemic, we were trying to figure out how we could give back. Right. Everyone's trying to think like, all right, we're all in different kinds of hurt right now. And the only, we didn't have money to give back because our business was suffering, but we had time. And so our thought was we'll do some, we call it foxhole coaching. We'll do some foxhole coaching for some business owners that feel like they're in the foxhole. And sometimes, man, that was just commiserating, to be honest. Like sometimes there was no option for that person. And it was just having some company in your misery, right? <laughs> right. But yeah. other times it was shifting game plans. And so one of the things we, we talked about was exactly this is, you're used to being able to see pretty clearly a good distance ahead of you. And so you're operating in quarters, right? You're, you're projecting out for a year and usually not far off. We just need you to start thinking in terms of the week. Like what's the best guess you have for the next few steps and then reevaluate and then do it again. And so they had yeah. to start breaking their world down into smaller segments of what do you know? There's so much we don't know. What do you know? And then just right. keep doing one foot in front of the other, you know? Um, and it sounds like something that you've done as well. And I'm curious just around your personality. It sounds like there's some, some built-in optimism. There's some built-in kind of just strong belief in self or in your business. 
but how do you, with your wiring, how do you kind of respond to stress? If as the leader, when things are stressful, chaotic, or unknown, what's kind of your your typical stress response? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I, probably multiple answers. I think in the face of adversity, I'm looking to okay, calm people down. Let's let's deal with this. Let's get through it. And then uh, when I decompress, I think I you know sweat at night and don't sleep, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's, uh, yeah. And then have my hair turn gray and all that good stuff. So, um, but I think, you know, we, you know, our business, we always thought at least, Hey, we can handle because we've had to handle and help our partners through hurricanes and tornadoes and wildfires where, um, we proactively help them, you know, shut down their facilities, obviously, but then track for maybe FEMA comes on uh, onto campus and we track the hours and, and help in all those situations. Um, and we could deal with that. But the pandemic was something, you know, we never thought about. And, um, you know, as it was happening, uh, I, you know, I actually thought I was being proactive and maybe I regret this now, but, you know, it was a traditional you know, come into work, you know, we were doing lots of traveling, but you know, everyone's in the office, we're all around. And as things were getting worse, I said, okay, we're gonna shut down the office for a couple of weeks, let this thing go away. So everyone's gonna work remotely. And I had a couple of people from my, you know, co-founders that thought I was crazy for doing something like that, right? And it turns out, and not only that, but from, new partner acquisition standpoint, I was completely against, you know, video conferences because inevitably we would find, you know, in in some of our meetings, people have questions and um, if I can't read the room, I can't address it. And so I, you know, I might, and typically a a school district, for example, they would have one camera in a classroom and you can't see faces. So long story short is, um, obviously we shut down the office for much longer than two weeks, but it turned out to be this great, um, piece of culture for our company where, you know, we're doing zoom company, zoom meetings. And, you know, at first it was twice a day, every day. And, and we scaled that back, but we had fun. We would do, you know, dress up days where people would, you know, and, and new backgrounds and just, you know, <laughs> letting people be creative and still see each other um, was, was, you know, kind of very, very helpful. But, um, you know, the, the stress of it, uh, it's just when you don't know, you know, you don't know what's coming. Um, I think the stress for me is when I would talk to other people and, um you know, outside of the the company, other business owners or, you know, investors, and they would say, this is what you need to do. And it was very direct to the point. And it might have been the right thing to do, but it wasn't, it it wasn't going to help. I I don't know. It was, it wasn't the right thing for what we were doing on a day-to-day basis where we're seeing all these faces and I have to be honest. And so if we're going to do something drastic, I have to let you know, that's a possibility and that's coming. And then, so if I do have to deliver that message, you, you, you know it because I've communicated it to you. And, and, you know, instead of just 
you know, shut it down and, and go into, you know, hibernation mode um, again, which might be the right decision for some businesses, but, you know, from a human capital standpoint, um, when we're, we're still getting together and I'm trying to provide the motivation for, Hey, keep working hard. We're going to keep building this. We're going to keep doing this. Um, you know, that, that was, uh, that would become the stress for me, right? When I had this looming, uh, thought that someone put in my head that this is what you, you know, this is the thing you need to do. And in the end you come back and just, I have to trust myself. Right. Yeah. And again, yeah. I will make missteps, but I can course correct as well. And that's what, you know, that, I think I have confidence in that we can always do that. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. How do you filter, how do you filter out outside people's opinions? Right. Anytime you're in a position of influence, everyone's got a thought on how things should be done. How do you, whether it's from other people inside the company or just from voices outside the company, do you have a process of, of, of how you would filter out those voices? I, I do now. <laughs> I don't think I was very good at it. I think I, you know, I think I was soliciting, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily knowing I was soliciting, um, advice from other people in, in my network, um, which then became a burden because, Oh, someone told you, and this is a very successful person and they told you, you should do this, but they don't know my business. And so, right. And so, so now I'm, I've become, and I think I've made a pretty dramatic change over the last 15, 16 months. I know what we're doing. I know where we're going. I'm open to hearing other people's thoughts, but, but this is the direction we're going and no one knows our business better than me. Come on. Right. That's huge. You've, it's like you've discovered some of the key kind of internal guidance systems that says like, yeah, I'm, 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 I welcome the outside, outside feedback, but I know if it causes me to swerve from this course, this course direction, it's not for us, right? Exactly. It's kind of like a kid when they know their identity versus a kid when they don't know who they are. Yeah. It's like when you don't when you don't know who you are, you'll become whoever someone else tells you to be, right? Yep. But when you know who you are, you're like, well, that's not what I do. That's I'm not going to join that crowd. I'm not going to make that decision because that's not who I am. It's the same thing with like a business identity, right? Absolutely. It's absolutely spot on, right? And that's so that's that's where and it's not to suggest we didn't know, but I think I was refined yeah and, and a pleaser right oh this person is giving me their time to tell me i i need to take it and not to suggest i don't take that into consideration i just know that the direction we're going um is there again i'll if someone has a, a better shortcut or, or a way to get there faster I'm, I'm i'm open and even willing to try but at the same time we're going to run parallel paths and keep going the direction we're going yeah so good well, I'm curious as we as we keep looking at that this last year, how did you personally, and then also for the company, where did you see you and the company get stronger? And as a result of the chaos that was thrown at you, and the the rules changing, and the world changing, like if you're still here, you got stronger. That's my assumption, right? And so, yeah. where did you see yourself get stronger? Where did you see your team or your company get stronger? Well, yeah. So I think for myself, it was again going back to this period of evaluating um, all of these, you know, that, I think for me, it was uh, getting rid of the noise, right? Not filtering out the noise from all of these outside things. Um, and I, I think we got stronger 
as a company collectively because of, you know, not everyone that when the pandemic started, not everyone is still here, but the people that are here are, are just, you know, bigger believers and even more dedicated. And, you know, that is contagious, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I see someone working their tail off on the weekends, when our business is, you know, in terms of our revenue isn't, isn't happening because they believe we can go, you know, help new districts and get new partners because of some new features that we're developing. And we need to, you know, create some marketing content to, you know, to market that material, you know, that's huge. And again, that's contagious and everyone sees it and it's team effort. And so I think we have gotten stronger in, uh, in our confidence about what we're delivering, how we're helping um, our partners and that we are true partners, and then uh, how we all work together, right? We are a team that uh, we wanna be the best every day, but we know we can be better tomorrow. And mm. we all have that mentality. Yeah, I love that. Well, speaking of that mentality, I mean, well, first off, it sounds like for your business, which for a lot of businesses is the same, which was true when you're limited in your ability to work in the business, right? Because of the world shutting down, especially yours where the facilities aren't even going to be open. It allows you or forces you to work on the business, right? And so you're able to work on the team, work on the culture, work on, on the, the, the infrastructure, the solutions you're providing, the clarity around those solutions. Uh, how do you think about building great culture and building great teams? How, how do you think about that? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I, so on the teams piece, um, I, I think it's for, for our business, it's, it's that passion that someone sees what we're doing. And honestly, we get people that want to be a part of it. And, you know, we don't post a lot of jobs and do these big searches um, we get a lot of people that come to us and say, I really like what you're, you're doing. If there's ever an opportunity, I, I'd like to, to be a part of that. And then that again grows and that becomes contagious. And, um, you know, so that, that's one too on the culture side, I think it's, you know, Hey, we want to accomplish this, but, but keep it loose, keep it fun and, and show gratitude and appreciation. And again, we can, we can still be better. Right. And we always have to be thinking that way of like, okay, we just built this. What's the next version of it going to be? How can we make that even better? Um, but giving praise. Thank you so much. You guys turned that around in record time. And here's the feedback we're getting from our partners of how much, the, how, why they, they love it. Right. And so yeah. it's kind of controlling all of that and, and making sure people are, are, are feeling valued. Um, and, and, you know, I think even when we get, we landed a new partner, you know, it's kind of communicated to everyone that it's not just a great sales job. It's because we showed them what our engineering team built and they were drawn to it because our marketing team, uh, you know, wrote up some, some great content pieces or did a webinar of, of how it is so different from anything else out there. Yeah. So good. I want to ask a follow-up question. But before that, for context for the listener, what what kind of size company are we at right now? How many how many people are, are working at Facilitron? Fifty five. Fifty five. Okay, so at that yeah. at, at this stage of the business, the reason I ask that is because 
at every stage of the business, it asks something different of you, right? right? You find yourself wearing different hats at different times. At this stage of the business, what do you see being your primary role as the founder in the business right now? Um, really, again, I mentioned that, you know, some feedback I'll get is, you know, you're not as far as long as you think. Well, I need to make sure we get to that next stage. It's always, um, and so, and what that means is quite honestly, what we've accomplished during the pandemic, we've grown by hundred percent in terms of partners. Um, we need to work on getting them all back up and running, um, which is a, is a Herculean task. So we had 55 people. We actually had a few more than that when we went into the pandemic. And now with twice as many partners, um, you would think, oh, geez, how are you going to handle that? So one of the things I'm really, really proud of is we've become really, really, you know, efficient in building things that help us uh, offload manual work. Um, but then two, just being very conscious of our human resources, our human capital, and the best way that we can utilize each and every person. And so it's, again, for me, prior to the pandemic, I was on the road probably for half the year. Wow. Um, and what, and that was very good for us in terms of, you know, acquiring new partners over the pandemic. But, but also what I realized is, you know, it limits my ability or limited my ability to hear what's going on in all parts of the in all parts of the country with our different team members that are working directly with these school districts. So when I'm not able to travel and I'm in the office every day, I'm hearing a lot more and we're able to prioritize things that, you know, it took one of our account managers, Rhonda, all day to fix this problem because we don't have a technical solution for it. Well, that's, we want to fix that because I don't want Ron to have to have to do that another day, nor anyone else, right? And so we yeah. were able to evaluate a lot of things. I mean, we were operating at a much lower volume, slower pace, but it enabled us to actually see kind of the inefficiencies and prioritize to fix those. And so looking forward, you know, I see much of the same of, hey, how can we, let's understand how our customers or our partners are utilizing our solutions and make it even better for them. And that's kind of getting that feedback, bringing it over to product, engineering, all of that good stuff. So you, so if I'm hearing you correctly, the primary thing you were doing was going out and forming new partnerships, right? Which is critical. That's the sales engine, the lifeblood of the business. Now you're able to spend a little bit more time in the office and see the direct connections. Mainly it sounds like on the operations side, like where are we inefficient, where balls being dropped or, you know, taking too much time and it could, it could save us time and energy. Is that where the most of your time is spent on a daily basis is communication with communication with your team and the, and the, and the, and the customers? Stringing all of the departments together, right? That common thread, making sure that everyone understands this is why we're doing this and this is what you're doing and how, even if you're doing something completely, what you think is different, how it connects to this piece over here, really kind of bringing that together. And I'll give you an example. We, um, early on in the pandemic, when we were hopeful that people were going to start coming back, we realized that, you know, there was a need for 
you're going to want to know who's on campus, what time they were on, and who they came in contact with or who was there at the same time in case someone did come down. And oh, by the way, before you come on campus, so this is really admins, um, we need you to fill out a health survey. So we, came, we, we kind of realized people were going to need that and they're using all these different forms and they wanted to upload it into our system. And we said, wait, we can provide you a better way. And we went out and built it um, you know, for our partners. But that was basically, I mean, it was selfishly, it was so that we could get them back into to school, right? We wanted to, but it was also very helpful um, in, in just everyone is hearing what we need. And, you know, again, we didn't nail it hundred percent, but we got pretty darn close. So then we needed modifications, quick modifications, you know, after when you build something that fast and get it out into uh, the market, um, you know, we, we were kind of in our own uh, think tank, if you will. Right. So now it's out there. Oh, they're using it that way. We, we got to fix that, right? We got to or enhance that so that it can they can use it better, you know, and 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 those types of things. That's awesome, man. You got a lot on you as a business owner, as a husband, as a father. You got a lot on you to, and, and the need is high to be able to show up and give your best on a daily basis. How do you go about doing that? Like, how do you how do you show up ready to rock? you know, renew your energy, your mind, your heart, whatever it is so that you can keep giving your best. You know, I, 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 I don't, honestly, I don't even look at it that way because it's, it's just, I mean, I, I love what we're doing. I appreciate everyone that's working for us. I appreciate my family. I mean, it's like on weekends, you know, I go to ball games and, and, you know, for my kids and, and, you know, that's just pure pleasure, right? I mean, it's joy watching them perform and, you know, um, and, and same thing, you know, coming into work because I know what we're doing, but inevitably there's a couple surprises every week and most of them are pretty good surprises. And it's, it's, that's motivation for everyone else. And Hey, look at, look what we're doing. We're getting credit for this. This is happening and getting people excited about what we're doing, you know, gets me going every day. Right. And so, yeah. you know, we, not everyone comes back into the office, but inevitably, you know, you see someone once, I mean, I see multiple people obviously throughout the week, but someone new and it's just great to, you know, it's something we took for granted when we were all working together. I get to see someone's face and we're still social distance and all that good stuff. But, you know, that that's the piece that we, I value even more. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's when you, when you love what you're doing and whether that's, you know, being a father, a husband, you know, doing, doing your work, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Did you find it difficult or is it still difficult uh, with the blurring of lines in this pandemic world where work and home have been brought close together, where there's no more kind of natural work is done. It's family time, you know, because we're living virtually because, you know, you could be checking your email. How do you navigate kind of switching those gears? Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Uh, my kids, are done with family time. <laughs> we, we, we've had, we've had way, we've had 10 years worth in the last year, you know, yeah. 15 months. Right. So, um, yeah, they're itching to, to go do other things and, you know, we're having a family dinner. We've had family meals all the time. So, uh, yeah. So, but, but I think we're looking forward to kind of obviously getting back to the normalcy, um, uh, of life, but with that notion of we, 
you know, there's obviously some silver linings that have come out of this. And, and I know we'll look back, you know, at family time and be like, that was awesome. We got to spend, you know, so much time together arguing about things that were, you know, nonsense or, you know, watching shows and seasons of shows that, you know, are horribly bad, but we just continue to watch them because we actually have the time <laughs> and we can do it together, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, so. man, absolutely. It's been the, the best of times and the worst of times, right? Yes. Like, it really has been. Uh, the things that this has forced, if you choose to see it that way, uh, has been some overall really positive things, forcing people to spend time together, to lean on each other, to push past the bullshit and get to sure. what's real. How are you really doing? You know, how are you handling the, the craziness of the world changing? Uh, even a business, I called it forced innovation. You know, the things that you probably would have to innovate on eventually, but it just sped it up. You know, yep. it, it was like, well, you better figure out a solution to this fast, you know? Um, and so I, I love, I have a very similar outlook to you. Now, as we come into, I know it's not a totally post-pandemic world, but like you said, business has, has not only survived, but has continued to grow. Uh, what's next? Like, where are your sites set right now for Facilitron? Yeah, so uh, we we want to grow even faster. Um, and that's honestly, like, our team, I think we all feel that way because through this period and, and the growth that we've uh, had during the pandemic is – just even a bigger confidence builder, right? And so we know now, um, and we had a lot of our partners come to us during during the pandemic that said, okay, we're gonna come back and now we need to have this because we can't work in our archaic ways. And so to, to me, we just have this massive opportunity to continue to you know spread the word about what we do and how we're helping um, our, our partners. Um, and then really acquire more partners and develop new features um, to, to kind of help them. And, uh, and so that, that's really our, our goal um, and what, what's getting us excited. I mean, I, we have, you know, you talk about things that are changing. We have conferences that are being scheduled for, you know, May and June that we're excited to go and it will be a new normal. Don't get me wrong, but we're excited sure. to go out and talk to people and, and, and show them, uh, you know, what we can, what we can do. Yeah. So is it, is it equal bet on two horses in terms of new products and, and, and features versus market share with just the product we already have and getting that out to more facilities? No, it, yeah, both. I mean, it, it's definitely, yes, it, we are going to, we continue to develop, to develop, um, and one you know, with new solutions on, you know, bolted on to the existing, um, and then new, new partners, uh, for sure. Uh, just a huge opportunity, um, to, to bring Facilitron to the parts that, that don't have us. Yeah. What gets more resources right now? going out and landing new new partners or developing new new, oh, new no, features? It, it's, it's definitely new features right now just because we haven't been you know allowed to uh necessarily true go out and get them. i mean we do do it remotely um but we we have multiple teams right so we have our engineering and team product team we also have an implementation team that they're incredible they go on site take photos, kind of acquire all the assets so that our partners don't have to, um, 
you know, we don't start them off with with nothing. We start them off with a with a fully built product, and um, so and they're all you know that implementation team is highly uh, connected to our engineering team, but also highly connected to kind of the sales team. I'm part of the sales team because they're interacting with those uh, administrators early on, right? And kind of setting the tone for, for our company. So um, product and engineering has more resources right now, but over time, uh, it'll be the other side of the house. Totally makes sense. All right, two questions to wrap up with before we get into the lightning round. As you think back on this journey, which is my favorite part, getting you an opportunity to step outside the day-to-day and look at the, kind of the, the whole arc of the journey thus far, uh, what was the most challenging thing that you experienced in building this business? And then the second question would be, what are you most grateful for looking back at the journey thus far? Um, I think I think the most challenging part uh, has been really what we kind of already talked about that time time frame, you know, um, because even after we had, you know, a product after 15 months, I didn't realize, and I was told this, you know, when I consult with people or talk with people, um, they would mention, Hey, uh, you're selling to school districts. That, that can be a really long sales cycle. <laughs> and again, just dumb and naive, right? Well, you know, we've been talking to them. They all say they need us. And sure enough, I didn't fully appreciate the complexities, um, you know, and so I had one district that really helped build us um, in a big, big way. And then we gave it to them and they said, oh, well, we're gonna come, but we're still under contract with this other provider. And they gave us the ability to prepay for a five-year contract. So we're still under contract for three years and it would be viewed as a, of us wasting money if we came to you and disbanded that product. So, you know, I never anticipated that we would yeah. deal with with situations like that. And and we continue to, to run into them. Um, and so I think that has been the biggest challenge. However, I think we've also adapted and that's what I wish I had adapted sooner. Instead of banging my head up against the wall um, and, and answering to, you know, other stakeholders of why we're not growing faster and being confident that, Hey, actually, and only because I tried and failed at trying to control the timeline and give incentives to, Oh, you should come on now, do it. I, you know, there's bureaucracy that we deal with. And instead of controlling it, what, what I can control is I can continue to build my pipeline Yep. bigger and bigger and then a bigger portion of the pipeline moves on you know some might move slow some might move fast but if i had adapted that um just that confidence right of, of knowing what and again i always i'm always open to hearing someone that has you know the the, the magic bullet if you will right and and to tell me about it but i'm i'm, I'm confident that the way we're going about it um, is the best way we know of right now. Love so it. I, th- I think I answered that question. I'm oh, not absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, and I like how specific that is to, to your business because that is just a challenge that you're uniquely running up against in the terms of the sales cycle. My uncle was on the, uh, the school board for the county that I was a part of for like 30 years, right? 
and I would just get to hear about the, you know, the, the uniqueness of something like that and what they were voting to pass in terms of budget and cuts that were constantly happening. And so I can see that being a unique territory of challenge for you. But I love what you're saying. We've experienced the same thing in business, which is I can keep chasing down these few leads and trying to change the timeline or even their, you know, how, how excited they are about this, or we can expand the net. Yep. And if, and if we can expand the net, there's a, we're playing a numbers game now that there's going to be some who are ready right now. And we can be more patient with our partners that might need a few years or a few months or something like that. Right. Absolutely. And so when you expand that net, you can take the pressure off of that one district or off of that one, that one person. Right. Yep. Absolutely. That's and that's exactly when you right. become annoying, man. You become annoying when you don't expand your net. And yes. you're breathing down that school board's throat, you know, <laughs> right, saying like, absolutely. here's the reasons why you should get out of that contract early. And you're forcing things to happen versus yeah. being patient. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I, so what about the grateful? What are you most grateful for looking back? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go back to being naive in some of those situations <laughs> as, as strange as that may sound, you know, I didn't know any better. And I, 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 I if I had known, all of the, you know, if you, if you write down all of the challenges, um, I, you know, I don't know if I would have committed as hard to saying, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, come out on the other side. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, my, my uh, youngest son is into all of the Marvel movies and, uh, you know, it's, oh gosh, it's the Avengers and it's the, the, the one guy, Dr. Strange does, yeah, the math of, you know, all the different instances of how this can end. And there's one out of millions, right, yep. where it can work out. And, uh, you know, most people aren't going to take that bet on the one. And so I'm saying, like, uh, you know, all the things that I've learned, I've had a lot of lessons that I've learned. Um, if I had written them all down ahead of time, you know, I don't know if I take the bet, but because I wasn't I, maybe I was too optimistic, right? People told me it's going to be a long sales cycle. Well, you, you don't know what we've got. You don't know me. We're going to make this different, right? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, I think I'm, I'm grateful that I've at least been naive enough and optimistic enough to uh, be able to learn those lessons, you know, even if it was the hard way. Man, I love that. And, and I think you're right. I'm sure there's a, a point to the other side, right? I, I'm sure there's somebody who has a different philosophy of growth that'd be like, no, you're being too naive or whatever. But there's something to be said about bracing for impact and how I just found this study uh, randomly came to my mind years ago. They were talking about people that survive car wrecks that get thrown from, thrown from the car often survive because they were unconscious and their body was limp and loose. And it mm. absorbs the impact better than when you brace for impact. And right. I thought about like I broke my arm in half when I was in high school uh, running sprints in the street and I was backpedaling. I tripped and I put my arms down to try to brace. And it was that rigidity that made my arm break. Right. Right. Yep. And I just think about like, man, sometimes we actually can roll with the punches a little easier when we're not overly bracing, when we're not fearful of everything and trying to stop everything from happening, but you're just kind of showing up to the day and, and dealing with it as it comes. Does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And it's the same thing, you know, uh, my wife's a snowboarder and uh, she tells me all the time, you know, a lot of snowboarders break their wrist and it's not from some crazy tumble. It's right because it's the new balance and then they fall back and they do that. Right. And yep. it's the unexpected. So they do this when you're going down, you know, 
the mountain super fast and you take a tumble, it, you don't have it. You know, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm so. telling you, man. It's like I used to be a wakeboard instructor, and the one thing I would say is the only thing I need you to do is tuck your chin. Yeah. Everything else, don't worry about it. And the only reason you tuck your chin is just to keep you from having a massive head whip, like whiplash. But if you tuck <laughs> your chin, your body will just take the impact and you'll be fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Jeff, great. this has been awesome, man. I want to get to our lightning round questions. These are five questions that we've asked every founder on the podcast. Number one is if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would that message be? Uh you know, give us your best today and let's be better tomorrow. Love that. Question number two, what is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And what was the worst? I think the best advice is, you know, trust yourself and trust your instincts. Um, because again, I, I know better uh, than anyone else about this business because we are in uncharted territories. Yes, there's other people that have built similar types of products, but we, we, we are unique and embrace that. And with being unique means that obviously we're different and we're going to overcome challenges much differently than others. Um, what was the second part of that question? What was the worst advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? Um, I would say the worst advice I got was um, early on in the pandemic when, you know, multiple people told me just to, you know, uh, cut, 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 you know, um, hibernate to get through this. And, you know, while they were absolutely correct that, you know, they were anticipating a much longer um, time period than, than I was in my head we would have never grown had I done that. So it goes back to that, that same yep. concept, right? If, you know, I, we were able to grow because we were optimistic that the pandemic was going to be over sooner. It didn't happen. We had to make tough decisions, uh, but we made those decisions a little bit later and were able to keep the momentum and build off of the momentum that we created uh, during the first part. Love it. All right. Question number three. What causes you the most stress or worry leading your organization? Uh, I, I think it's the, the unknown, right? Not knowing what you're going to uh, run into uh, or step into. Um, and while a lot of times that can be positive, I, I've learned to, uh, you know, kind of expect it, but not knowing, you know, um, you know, if an employee leaves or, you know, a, you know, a customer is upset, um, you know, you, you never know that's coming, right? You, you find out about it the hard way and that I'm learning as we're growing, there's more and more of those situations, right? There's more landmines out there that, you know, we, I have to be aware of that. That's the, what I don't know is what stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Question number four. What is your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? Um, our, our goal is to uh, provide a solution to any type of space, right? Like uh, that people can use for any type of activity. So, um, you know, right now we're really working with school districts and, and there's a big opportunity to help them uh, manage 
their facilities because they've been lagging with some of the technology, um, not necessarily on the educational side, right? Like my kids, you know, can see their grades and assignments in real time now, and it's 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 great, and they're all very computer literate. But on the operation side of school districts, uh, you know, we as the public, you know, at least the public ones, we build them these great facilities, shiny, awesome theaters, but then they don't necessarily have the resources or technology to manage them. They're not given that budget, right? And so by providing that, um, we, we think we can help them, you know, kind of come into the modern age, but also just be a lot more efficient and then expand that to any other type of space so that um, as a, you know, I can do whatever I want to do. If I want to go host a basketball tournament somewhere or, you know, do a stage performance with my daughter and whatever it may be, uh, you know, we have that opportunity in the future. Love it. All right. Question number five is our creative question. If you could hop into a DeLorean and go back to the past and tell yourself just one thing out the driver's side window as you drive by, when would you go back and what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> wow the only rule is you can't you can't give the answer go buy bitcoin it's too too easy <laughs> um i think i would go back uh probably about 15 16 years ago i was in my you know early 30s um thought i knew a lot more than i did and would have, you know, said, you know, embrace every experience, right? And that means whether it's your job, whether it's your social life and your friends, whether it's, you know, meeting someone new on the street, um, I think it's all meant to be, it's all tied together. And um, we should em embrace those experiences. And, uh, you know, I, try to live like that but i still can do a better job and um you know even in this obviously maybe especially during this pandemic everyone has been you know affected in in some way that again if, if we share we can help each other heal we can also make each other better um you know that sharing <laughs> I don't want to say sharing is caring, but sharing, you know, <laughs> so, so helpful in yeah. uh, making us all better. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, from from tragic events to to great events. Um, and, and so that's what I think I would do. Heck, yeah. Well, I just think it's an interesting theme emerging. We talked about bracing for impact and then you're talking about embracing. And <laughs> there could be some fun, some fun comparison between bracing or embracing. Uh, Absolutely. Life as it's coming at you. So, uh, Jeff, man, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Your wisdom, uh, your, your perspective on life and on team and on culture has been uh, truly inspiring. So thank you for being here today, buddy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.